0: Support for PRI's The World's Podcast comes from Lumosity. Lumosity Lumosity.com's daily workouts are designed to improve memory and attention and dedicated to helping people feel sharper, think faster, and remember more. It's all Lumosity.com. A decade on what was gained and lost in Iraq. Today, March 19th, from Public Radio International, the BBC World Service, and WGBH Boston, this is The World. Ten years ago, the Iraq war was about to start. We look back at the invasion and its messy aftermath. This former senior Pentagon official reflects on what went wrong. There had not been adequate uh, preparation for the idea of having to then help govern the country. We just did not think we were going to need to do that. And later, a former dictator who ruled Guatemala in the 1980s finally goes on trial for crimes against humanity. We hear why it took so long.
1: They didn't want to touch him. Nobody wanted to touch the general.
0: Plus, how fracking is just as controversial in Britain as it is here.
1: Fracking has never been undertaken in this country before. We're not prepared to be the guinea pigs.
0: PRI's The World is brought to you by the Medtronic Foundation, searching for runners who benefit from medical technology to run in the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon or 10-mile run. Medtronic Global Heroes. Application and information available at medtronic.com globalheroes. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Ten years ago today, the U.S. was on the eve of war in Iraq. Just a few hours prior, President George W. Bush had issued this unequivocal warning to Iraq's dictator. Saddam Hussein and his sons must leave Iraq within 48 hours. Their refusal to do so will result in military conflict, commenced at a time of our choosing. The invasion would begin on March 20, 2003, along with the nighttime shock-and-awe bombing of Baghdad. Saddam's regime would eventually fall, but as we all know too well, that was far from the end of the conflict. Even today, with U.S. combat troops gone from Iraq, the country still reels from the daily violence. This morning, for instance, news of yet another round of coordinated bombings, killing dozens more people in Baghdad. Janine Giovanni is an award-winning correspondent. She was in Baghdad during the U.S.-led invasion. She wrote about her experience in the Daily Beast and joins us from her home in Paris. Janine, you begin your story from that iconic moment when a group of American soldiers is pulling down a statue of Saddam Hussein in the center of Baghdad. What do you remember thinking and feeling when that happened?
1: For me, it was quite extraordinary because I had spent two months in the run-up to the shock and awe campaign in Iraq, actually, as an accredited journalist under the Saddam regime, working within the Ministry of Information. But... Funnily enough, even though I was monitored and we weren't allowed to use satellite phones at that time, we had to have them sealed up every night, I felt more free to move around in those two months than I did in the aftermath of the invasion when it became incredibly bloody.
0: What were some of the other sharp contrasts for you in Baghdad, having been there before the invasion and now suddenly thereafter?
1: Well, before, there was very much a sense of fear. I mean, which is inevitably, I work a lot in Syria now, comes when you work in any kind of dictatorship. Zimbabwe, it it doesn't matter where you are. People who are living under a kind of regime of fear, they have all kinds of myths. And I remember one of the, the big ones was immediately after... Saddam fled. I mean, the day that it happened, I was so conditioned to looking for this man who worked for the Ministry of Information, who who had to open up my satellite phone every morning. And I went to look for him, and one of my colleagues, an Italian journalist, said, don't you understand what happened? It's over. It's over. They're all gone. And I went to look for all of the people who had worked in the Ministry of Information, and they had all fled.
0: Those officials weren't the only ones. Your your driver, your translator, many of your Iraqi friends had disappeared.
1: Everyone disappeared. Everyone disappeared so quickly that you can't imagine it. I mean, I remember everyone trying to find a driver. No one could find a driver. I remember going off on foot, hitchhiking, literally, and getting a ride with some TV crew that picked me up on the road. And... I went to one of Saddam's palaces. Mm-hmm. It was like a beehive of American soldiers. They were carrying boxes of equipment, they were bringing, you know, freeze-dried food and cartons of water and video supplies and